The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Man, I have been doing so much work for this show, and my heart is really, really heavy. I really want to share with you today. I don't even hardly know where to start. Uh, we're going to talk about a very dark subject, and I have a lot of reservations about it because I know all of you that follow this show and get involved, you are used to combating child uh, sex trafficking and sextortion and cyber exploitation and things like that, but This is like the darkest of the dark, and I've given this a lot of thought. Before we jump in here, let me just tell you, for those of you that are new to our show, my name is Opal Singleton, and this show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. It goes out to 170 countries, and it is sponsored by Million Kids. That is M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. That's millionkids.org. And it's called Million Kids, by the way, because over a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. Now, that trafficking number refers to being put into prostitution or labor, that kind of thing. It does not include child pornography numbers. So we're a million kids, even though we're not talking about the worst of the worst, in my opinion. So if you want to learn more about me and kids, you can go to www.meandkids.org or this show's website, which is Exploited Crimes. E-X-P-L-O-I-T-E-D, exploitedcrimes.com. Now, you can call in if you want to and ask questions or discuss things with us. You can call in at 1-866-472-5788. However, we do know that many of our listeners go to the archive shows, and you can get those at Me and Kids or Exploited Crimes. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but you can get an embed code from us and actually... uh, list the show on your website so you can provide free training all the archive shows it's perfect for students who are doing uh, you know papers on on human trafficking and that kind of thing in school or if you have a church and you want to educate your members so you can know what you can do about it so that's enough about all this I want to jump into this child pornography thing now first of all let me just share my heart I've thought about this long and hard. You know, I uh, I never wanted to be famous. This is uh, just strictly a mission for me, and I've been doing it now for eight years. Hard to believe. And as I look at this, um, 
you know, in the past, people have come to me and said, I re- in fact, I remember when I started talking about uh, online gaming and how guys are violated in that. And I had some people come to me and say, hey, you know, be careful there. You're going to lose your following. But you know what? This is how guys get exploited. They go into a video game. They, they're having a good time. They meet what they think is a girl. They send that photograph off. And it turns out that girl is a guy, and that photograph goes out into a big child porn ring. So, yes, it was risky to talk about online gaming, but what I really want you to see here is the nexus between sextortion and child pornography, between human trafficking and child pornography. We don't want to look at child pornography because it's probably the most evil thing on earth. I think back to the Bible and and God said about protecting his little children, you know, suffer the little children to come unto me. And it is our society's job. It is our responsibility to protect the most vulnerable around the world. And yet, when you see what is happening to massive amounts of these kids, it is just very difficult to look at. I I am going to, if I get through all of my work today, I'm, I'm suspecting already this is going to be a two-part show because I have page after page of resources for you. But I looked at simply 10 cases here. Now, one of them did have 30 million images of naked and violated children. That's a case that is out of Scotland. And, uh, and if you want to find that on the Internet, the headline is Police Find 30 Million Images of Child Abuse in Major anti-pedophilic, uh, uh, pedophile ring operation. So that is the headline. But with nine other cases, we are looking at over 40 million photos. Let me, let me back up and just calm down here a minute. I get excited. I'm sorry. But 40 million. 40 million. How, how do you even comprehend 40 million? Is there a city... And on Earth, that has 40 million, probably. I needed to look that up. 40 million images. How does anyone have time to file them, to record them, to take them, to share them, to find them, to store them? And this represents about 350,000 alleged pedophiles. 350,000, I live in Riverside, California. That's the size of my entire town. That is an entire town of people violating these children. So this problem is absolutely enormous, and it intersects with other, other issues. For instance, how do pedophiles get these images? Well, it's endless. Some of them, you know, violate their own children. Some of them violate nieces and nephews or neighbor children. We had a case out here in my area where a guy was going to a park and offering out free skateboards and iPads if you would be part of his modeling video. And those kids had no idea. Some of them are absolutely tricked into it. I'm going to show you one case here if we get to it where the guy set up, he was a janitor and he set up cameras in public bathrooms of corporations and uh, even a TV station. And and I had uh, one case that I'm familiar with. In fact, maybe you are too, the Jared Fogel case. Uh, Jared Fogel is now in prison 
for child pornography, and um, he was going to be charged with child sex trafficking. I don't think that actually went through. Now, he he is the guy who lost 200 pounds on the uh, eating subway, and I was privileged to be invited on the uh, Tamron Hall show on MSNBC as a child pornography expert. We didn't really get a chance to get into the child pornography uh, part of it, or I think she would have found that show much more exciting and stimulating if they had time to really understand the problem. But Jared Fogel had a partner, and this partner was Russell Taylor. And they're, I don't know, I believe he's been charged. I'm not sure exactly where he was at, but I mean, he was one serious pedophile. He would go to Thailand with the idea of having sex with little children. But here's one of the things he did. He had a daughter, I believe she was 11, but I could be in error on that. And he took a, a clock, a family clock, and took the insides out of the clock and put a camera inside the bathroom. Excuse me, put a Let me start over. He had a clock, and he, he took the insides out of that clock, and he put a camera in it, and he put that camera inside his daughter's bathroom. Every time her friends would come over and spend the night, he would photograph it, and it went out to child porn, porn rings. So many times the victims do not even know they are being filmed. Sometimes it happens on social media. This is why I'm telling kids, do not send naked photos, because they can intercept your photos on Kick and other ones out there, even Snapchat if they're good. So sometimes they do that. Sometimes what they'll do is set up rings to trick kids. And I did an entire uh, session just on sextortion. What they'll do is set up these rings and you'll think that you're talking to a good friend and they'll send you a naked photo and you get one back. Now, do you think they're just keeping that for their own pleasure? Not Not a prayer. They are putting them out on large scale child porn rings. And sometimes... These photographs come from each other. So one of the exercises that I've been engaged in, because I am just hell-bent to take this on, okay? I know it's not a popular subject. I may lose my reputation in the sex trafficking world, but there is a nexus between child pornography, sextortion, child exploitation, and those girls who are being filmed and sold on Backpage Where do you think that film goes? It goes out into child pornography rings. And so I believe we must look at it. One of the things that I can't get my brain around is how many children were violated if you have 40 million images. Now, just in the 10 cases I've got prepared for this show, and now I'm already sure it's going to be next week's show too, just in those cases represent 40 million images. Victims, greater than sex trafficking, greater than anything else that's out there. Let's say each child's only violated 10 times. Now, if you've ever been sexually violated once, you realize just how flippant that line is. Because it will change your life forever. It will change your self-identity. It will change the way you process shame. It will change the way you view others and view yourself. But let's say that you're violated 10 times and it was photographed and you have 40 million images. That's still 4 million children, 4 million children. Or at this point, we're talking about with these 10 cases, 350,000 pedophiles. Let's say each guy only takes 10 pictures. That's 3.5 million photos. 
And how does all this work? One of the things that I, that brought me to study this is the incessive, compulsive, obsessive nature of this. Because think about this. The stories that I have gathered for this show, and each one of these people had at least a million images. Now, that's over and above the videos and, you know, the live streaming and all that kind of thing. Just think how much effort and work it takes to process a million images. You have to be doing this 24-7. You have to be absolutely obsessive compulsive. Now, I had a wild thought the other day as I'm laying in bed thinking about this. I thought, I'm a little ADD myself. Now, I am not into, you know, uh, any kind of pornography as far as that goes. And by the way, I never look at child pornography. I have seen it three times by accident. And each time I report that to my sergeant because I do work with the Riverside County Sheriff. And the I am the head of the uh, head of, I'm the uh, training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. And I immediately reported that. But I had to get counseling for nearly a month. Now, I'm not a wuss. I work in human trafficking. So I see stuff and I can process process it and handle it. And I am committed to making a difference in the world. But I was amazed at the way that seared on my heart. And I think to myself, how do you process a million images of anything, even puppy dogs or kitty cats? But how do you deal with a million images of children? You have to slice and dice the whole thing by, you know, are they are they minors? Are they adults? Do they have particular fetishes? Uh, um, you know, are there women involved? Uh, you know, are, are there particular kinds of fetishes that you're doing? I just, it must be all-consuming. And if you think about how technology is affecting addiction these days, a child pornographer, it's no longer like he has a little photo he's hiding in his, in his back room or back pocket. It's on his cell phone. He puts it on his desk when he's working. It's on the seat of his car when he stops at a street light or a red light. It is literally in his hand when he goes to a bathroom. It is with him at work. He can never get away. And neither can she, because women are child pornographers. I'm up against a break. Bear with me. We're going to jump right in as soon as we get right back. Stay with us. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hi, and welcome back. We are talking about child pornography. It's just the scourge of the earth, I'm telling you. It's a cesspool of life. But we must look at this because this is becoming a global, an absolute global epidemic. And technology is driving this. And we'll probably go more into that in next week's show. You can call in at 1-866-472-5788. And if you're overseas, because this does go out to 170 countries, I was looking at uh, our numbers this week. And by the way, we find out that our biggest country last time uh, outside the U.S. was China. And then uh, Italy and then Japan and Canada. And I want you folks out there to know that I welcome you. I appreciate you. You can always go on Facebook and send me a message. That's just go onto Facebook and hit me and kids. Or send me an email at opal at meandkids.org and tell me who you are, where you are, and what is happening in your community. We so much appreciate you following us. So I'm going to talk about what makes a pedophile. What happened to me is, as I, as you know, I live and breathe. I, I, I do massive amounts of research about child exploitation because I want to understand how this happens so that I can train law enforcement first responders on how to stop it. And as I was looking at this, I began, it, it actually happened about three or four years ago, I began to see the vast number of child pornography cases that are coming out now compared to the number of sex trafficking cases, and I actually started to build an Excel spreadsheet. Now, there's nothing scientific about this. This is just stuff that's coming out from newspapers that I see, articles that I see all around the world. Uh, but it was a fascinating thing. Now, I know this is a skewed research. It isn't scientific at all, because if you're printing in a newspaper, you're trying to get you know, uh, headlines and people to look at at your articles. So they automatically identify if you're connected to a school or if you're some big executive. But if you're a ditch digger, they, they don't bother mentioning it. So I know the statistics are skewed. But what I did was start to track how old they were, if they're male or female. And by the way, there are female child pornographers and there are women who accommodate male child pornographers. The female child pornographers are not as prolific as the males, but they are out there. Now, I didn't see any particular age range. I was looking at that. That's a fascinating thing. Now, the ones that I'm doing today with the 40 million images, those that had one million apiece, it was fascinating to me that almost every one of those cases, the age range range was about 48 to 52. Now, there were a couple, they were in their 30s, and I think one was young and living in his mother's basement, but like young, like 21. But for the most part, they were, you know, going through that middle-age crisis kind of thing, kind of of situation. Now, they don't list whether or not they're... uh, uh, Caucasian or what race or nationality they are, but just looking at their photograph, what I found was about 85% of them were Caucasian males. 
there were a few. There was a couple of Middle Eastern people. There was a couple of uh, Latin America or Mexico people. Uh, there were maybe two African American people out of the ones that I've tracked. But for the most part, it's it's Caucasian males. And as far as we can tell now, about while this is a global epidemic, and many of these cases are global, about half of them are originating in the United States. Now, maybe that's because we have the technology and we're focusing on it. Let me just divert here for a minute and talk with you about how difficult this is for law enforcement to track. Because law enforcement has a tendency to be territorial or jurisdictional probably is a more appropriate word. For instance, the Los Angeles County Sheriff Department works out of L.A. County Sheriff, right? L.A. County. Now, they do handle cases outside their area, but their resources, their manpower is focused on you know, keeping crime, keeping crime down in Los Angeles. And that's true all across the United States. So they may see a case and what they're after is the perpetrator in their area, but then it has to be turned over to the FBI or Homeland Security. And both FBI and Homeland Security have resources that are focused on going against child pornography. I'm especially impressed with the virtual global virtual network Virtual global network, global virtual network, I think it is. (laughs) Anyway, uh, because these cases historically are global. Now, how how these guys find each other is still uh, something I'm unable to really disclose or figure out. Because I know they're finding each other on the internet. I mean, I cannot imagine two pedophiles hanging around on a Saturday night with a couple's party. And one guy goes up to another guy and says, hey, I'm into four-year-olds. Uh, I can't imagine that happening. I'm not sure quite how they find each other, but they do. They must, like, be fishing around in these in, in sub-rings, in other words, rings that are not so, so bad, and then began to get accepted by that group and then moved into the more violent and vile groups. Now, some of these uh, rings that I've looked at of recent actually had requirements. These rings were taking place in the dark web. Now, for those of you that haven't heard the uh, the whole presentation that I gave a while back about the dark web, just the short version of it, if you think of the Internet as a bucket of water, the top 3% is where they have uh, Chrome search engines, Google Chrome being like that. Then you have the deep web, which is mostly government, and then you have the dark web. Now, not all the dark web is evil. It isn't. You know, some legitimate stuff goes on down there. However, these big child porn rings meet in the dark web. This particular child porn ring I looked at, you had a minimum requirement. Each week, you had to show yourself engaged in some sort of extremely erotic act with a very young child child and you had to submit one of those each week in order to remain part of the dark web and some of these clubs you actually get points and you get levels of participation in other words if you're level one you only get to see minor kinds of exploitation if you're level five you're right into the really hardcore stuff now it's interesting to listen to myself talk do you realize what I just said it's it's just unbelievable to me that they are, their level of acceptance is on how deeply they abuse a small child. A small child. 
Think about this. This is going to just make you sick. If it doesn't, you shouldn't be listening to this program because this is sad, sad, sad. It is estimated that 39% of victims of child pornography are under the age of five and 19% are under the age of two. Now, to be a member of this club once a week, you have to show yourself violating one of those children in a vile way. This is evil beyond any of us able to understand this. So who are these people? Well, 80% were Caucasian, mostly male. What was fascinating was of the ones where they listed their employment, 40% of them were connected to schools. Now, this drives me on. I'm going to tell you that right now. We need to start educating school administrators about child pornography rings and making sure that all new hires and all existing hires know that you have a policy against child pornography, and if, in fact, you are ever caught at it, you will be dismissed immediately. But more importantly, you know, begin to keep an eye out for that in your human resources department. You know, how about your IT departments in schools to begin to watch it? Some of these cases, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get to all these cases, but some of these cases, the guys who are actually downloading child porn while at work. And you're going to see that that's true as we're going into some of these cases that they they would actually recruit at work. Some of these kids worked in daycare. Some of them worked in schools. Many of them are school janitors, school superintendents, school teachers, school counselors, sports coaches, soccer coaches, um, you know, even on the board of schools. Jared Fogle, we talked about him. He wasn't in a school, but he had a nonprofit that put him in a school. And so this is a, it, it, his school nonprofit was a, helping a, or, you know, addressing childhood obesity. But as we look at this, we need to take a look at this as far as who the pedophile is, because it is the guy next door. You're going to think this guy's walking around with horns and, you know, a big spear and he's looking like Satan himself. But he is anybody on here. Some of them are married and have kids of their own. So the next group down after that were uh, pediatricians. They specialized in children, very small children, toddlers and infants. Some of them were um, pastors. Think about doing this in the name of God, in the name of religion. Isn't that amazing? Some of them were policemen or law enforcement. And so we need to recognize that those are areas where that they they have a high propensity to it. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you that is not scientific because it does sell newspapers to announce that they caught a cop in child pornography or they caught a, a, a pediatrician or a school board member and they don't put it down if you're a ditch digger. But it does catch our attention and we need to look at it. The other thing that we noticed is that these pedophiles have specific fetishes. And when you look at these large-scale child porn rings, they have groups. This last week, they reported one that had 45,000 members in one child porn ring, and they all specialized in infants and toddlers. They found each other. Now, I find that just fascinating. How do they find each other and know that it is okay to share something so horrible so despicable that your average person would look at this and say, you are just a monster. And yet in these child fetish rings, 
they they actually have hierarchies of approval. One of the reasons that this technology is bringing these people together and that this is working is that they're no longer just collecting the picture of a child being violated and enjoying that themselves. They are sharing that amongst each other. They get acceptance and rejection from each other. They are part of a bigger ring. And why on else would you collect a half million or a million images of something going into something like this unless you were, number one, obsessive compulsive, which you have to be, because just the amount of time and storage and commitment to equipment and getting the Tor web or the peer-to-peer web that is out there so that you can be part of this ring takes a lot of time and money and expertise and commitment to the cause. And so as you're looking at this and you're part of these rings, part of what is going on here is technology is allowing you acceptance. And in fact, you are qualifying to stay part of that ring on a regular basis. And you are not happy being tier one. You want to be tier five. You want to be up there with the big boys. And so this is an, a unique thing that is happening the way they're bringing it together. Now, what I want to address in the next section is the way technology is changing all this. We're going to talk about live streaming and, and cyber currency, and I'm going to start to look at some of these cases I prepared. So it's time for us to go to break. I'd ask you to stay with us. If you want to call in, it's 1-866-472-5788, and we will be right back. This is Opal at Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. 
If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are looking at the scourge of the earth, literally, child pornography. And I appreciate you coming along this journey with me. This is not easy. I mean, I do not take this lightly. And I thought long and hard before I decided to do a radio show. Now I'm going to do two of them on this because I have too much information, but we need to understand there is a nexus between human trafficking and sextortion because they abuse people in human trafficking and then sell out the photos. And in sextortion, they get kids to send a naked photo out and those go on child pornography rings. But a lot of times what happens is people are being tricked into this, but also, you know, this is taking place inside families in child incest that is being recorded and nobody's willing to talk about it. It's taking place overseas. One whole section will be just on overseas trafficking. It's a billion-dollar business out of the Philippines, and I won't have time to get to that today. But I want to think about this child a minute because... How does any? How do they get help? That you know they are experiencing one act, but that act never ends. You know that act never ends. That act is sold and resold and resold and resold forever. This might happen when they're four or when they're fourteen, but they can't ever get it back. They are victimized for the rest of their life, and we're not talking about. Two people making love here. Let me just clear that up right now. These acts are so vile, and some of them, the fetishes, are so gross, so inhumane, that the average person can't bring themselves to look at it. And that is the reason why we're having a hard time fighting it. Nobody wants to look at it. I commend you. If you're, if you're still with me on the, after the second break of the show, then I know you're tough, and I'm asking you to come along with me. I have a plan. I know some people who are creating software to go against this to help law enforcement. It is dynamo software. I'm in the process of creating an organization just to really take this on around the globe. So I'd like to know who you are if you're interested in helping me fight this. Contact me at Opal at Million Kids and tell me you, you're willing to come along the journey of fighting child pornography. Well, one of the things I look at is what makes these these pedophiles tick. And there's all kinds of stories out there, and, I, and I'm going to get to some of them, I promise. But they don't seem to engage in these kids as real human beings. It's a fascinating thing with Jared Fogle case. He's in prison now. I understand he got beat up and raped, and uh, that happens out there. Some of these pedophiles, you know, they change their name trying to keep from being beat up in prison because it's a tough life there, and they get very long sentences. I, I listened to Jared Fogle. He's blaming the victim. He's saying it's her fault. He's blaming the victim's parents for letting her be promiscuous. I mean, these guys are truly narcissistic, sociopathic, psychopathic individuals, especially narcissistic. As you begin to look at these stories and analyze where they're coming from, they don't even really see these kids as human beings. One of the key factors I see is that they want control. I promised that before the break I'd talk about the technology. One of the things that is that is driving me on to combat this 
is because technology is changing. It's no longer that they're just looking at still photos. This is video cam, webcam. By the way, our kids webcamming, making pornography themselves and then selling it, that's already over a billion dollar business. And where do they think that camming is going to? So this is webcam. This is live streaming, which is not like a video. Once it's done, it's done. And there are large-scale cartels that are building and making huge amounts of money on this. They're selling it in the dark web, and they're using cyber currency. Cyber currency is non-traceable and anonymous. I want to share with you, my heart is heavy. The reason I'm planning on taking this on is I believe this will be the single biggest money laundering exercise in 18 to 24 months around the globe. I believe this will be the single biggest crime because what will happen is the entire world is being connected by internet. All those third world kids will be accessible for two bucks. You can sit in Milwaukee and order up a child. In fact, some of these cases has actually happened. And I'm looking at what makes this guy tick. Well, one of the things is he wants control. It's not enough that he watches somebody else violate this child in Philippines. And it's often a family member. He tells them what to do. And he pays through it through cyber currency. And when the live streaming is over, it's over. He, if you listen to these guys in each of these cases that are, oh, by the way, you should go on to me and kids uh, Facebook page. You will see child pornography cases and study them. Don't just read it and go, oh, ick. I mean, it is, oh, ick. Trust me, I want to vomit on some of these things. But read these cases and look at it psychologically. These guys aren't even realizing that's a human being they're looking at. They don't understand the damage. Now, some of these guys will tell you that they were violated as children. But they are violating many more children. I understand psychology. I get it. I've been in the business a long time. Hurt people hurt people. I get it. And there is a difference between guilt and shame. And people who are shame-based need psychological counseling, and they need help. Now, it's not easy if you're addicted to child pornography because you can't admit you have that addiction. You can't. They'll lock you up in a heartbeat. They're mandated reporters. But you can go in and say, I'm addicted to pornography, and get help. Get help if you were sexually violated. Many of these people will say they were violated as children, but that does not work as an excuse to violate hundreds of thousands of other children. They are unable to visualize the damage being done, and there's never enough. I mean, if there was enough, if if it was just about violating a child, you would only need 10 photos. That would seem excessive. How do you keep 10 photos? So what is going on? that we're having to build libraries of 500,000 to a million. As I said, if you weren't with us at the first part of the show, just the show prep I did in in 10 cases represents 40 million victims and nearly 350,000 pedophiles. So as you're looking at this, I want to share a case with you. Think I have time? Yes. The headline is Den of Evil, Chilling Images Inside Home of Orlando, Florida, Child Porn Collector Who Had Amassed One Million Files 
revealed children's underfit wear pacifiers and mounds of garbage. Now, they protected him. They didn't give his name at this point, but he's supposedly 52 years old, and he's a Naval Information Systems Technician, okay? He's married with children. He has a high-paying job, and he has a fetish. He has an addiction to child pornography. Even though he's setting him prison, he's still saying... Well, it would be nice to be able to access the images again. But then later he said, well, what I did wasn't worth the penalty. He got 20 years in prison as a child sex offender. His entire family is paying the price. Do you realize what that must be like to be his child? To be his son or daughter? And he's sitting in prison unable to process what he has done to his own children, to his wife, To those children, he's totally narcissistic in this. He's already been moved from one facility because he's being threatened. He's really only interested in his own self-preservation. Now, listen to this. This is exactly what happened to Jared Fogle. It's not his fault. It's the victim's fault. It's the victim's mother's fault. This guy here, uh, the, the guy in Orlando, Florida, who works for the Navy or used to work for the Navy, He claims he only viewed them. He never acted out his sadistic impulses. Now, he seems to think this is okay, and this is true of almost every one of these cases we look at. This is an important point. In every case, they forgive themselves because they didn't act out. No, but they're paying other people or they're engaging other people to act out on their behalf, and yet that excuses the guilt in their mind. A child's still been grossly violated for the rest of their life. I mean, we're not talking just a minor sex act here. We're talking bestiality. We're talking sodomy. We're talking some really, 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 really sad things. And some of these kids are under two years of age. And this creep... I'll try to keep my language clean, is saying, well, I never acted out on my sadistic impulses. There is no acknowledgement of the violation and the pain of this child. He kept saying, I never touched anybody. There's never a direct contact with the victim. Like, that makes it okay. There's no acknowledgement of the pain for that victim. He said he had started... 12 years before, when he saw a single image of a young girl that came across his computer screen. Now, I'm going to back up here a minute. I'm going to tell you, parents and grandparents, watch those images you're putting out there of your children. I couldn't believe it. I met some people the other day that were, you know, very successful executives, and they had their first child, and they had a picture of a naked butt of that child that was probably about nine years old that they were putting on Facebook. And I told, I stopped. I know they think I'm a monster. I don't care. I said, get that photograph off there. That will be on every child porn ring in the world. You know, what that means to you means completely different to a pedophile. Never, 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 please promise me, never, never will you place an image of your child or your grandchild out there without clothes on. I don't care how cute it is. Keep it off the Internet. He said once he saw this picture of a very young girl, he began to graduate to looking at girls that were ages 3 to 6 and eventually from those 8 to 15. Now, quite frankly, what I see is that often goes in the regression. In other words, they start with the the older ones and work down to the younger ones. 
They were some of the most horrifying images was one of a two-year-old being sexually abused by an adult female. So females are not exempt in this. They are put in these photographs together. There was another photo of a girl around 10 who was tied up with a rope. Some of these guys use cages, you know. That's why I train animal control, by the way. If they go out and they have an animal control uh, complaint, watch for cages. And don't think that they're always for, for the animal. He spent years downloading hordes of images. He bought child's underwear, diapers, pacifiers. I mean, this guy is really deep into his fetish. He stored a million images of children on disks and hard drives. He framed pictures of naked children, and he had piles of cups, sippy cups, and garbage. So here's my point. He's a regular guy, at least on the surface, People would probably never have a clue. He's married. He has children. He's a Navy officer. He's got a high-paying job. He's an intelligence guy. And here he is in a deep fetish that is literally changing his life. Well, there are several more of these programs here. One is a real short one. I'll pick it. It's uh, this year, 66-year-old Fritz Niger of Case. Casey, he got 15 years. He had a million images and 11,000 videos of child pornography. Now, my fear here is once we go to live streaming, this is going to be hard to quantify because they don't save them. 11,000 videos and a million images. He uploaded 900 images to an image sharing website and posted them to various chat rooms and sent images through file sharing. He had 1.69 million images and 11,000 sexual videos of children. Now, think about this guy. Think about this guy. He's 66 years old. He's going to get 15 years in prison, so he'll probably die in prison. But I say to myself, you talk about one sick puppy. How do you ever manage 1.69 million photos? It's all about acceptance and engagement with your fellow people in these child sex rooms. It's all, I mean, you have to get up early and stay up late in order to be able to manipulate that, store them, find them, just the amount of storage that it takes. We must start to acknowledge this and look out for it. This is not happening in a vacuum. Some of these people are married. Many of them have regular jobs. And so, you know, they're out there among us. And we need to sharpen our skills and look at that. This is where I started with child sex trafficking. When I first started uh, five years ago, people thought I was nuts. But now we're all looking for it. And we find out that it's alive and well and, and going on around us. I know, folks, this is a hard subject. I get it. Trust me. I get it to the bottom of my soul. I can only do so much research of this myself. But we must bring it to our attention and become aware because in order to make child pornography, you need a child. And in order for it to be pornographic, you must abuse that child. That is taking place in homes across America and in homes in Europe and homes in Asia. And Asia and the third world countries and, and around the world will start to become the absolute most violated children in America. We're up against a break. I'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, thanks for staying with us, especially on this difficult subject. If you don't mind, I think I'm also going to go into next week because there's just so much here. God has laid this on my heart in a big way, and we're in the process of putting together an organization to fight this, complete with software and and uh, like that, and hopefully some law enforcement uh, support on this. If you're interested in getting involved with this, let it, let me know at opal at millionkids.org, or follow us at Facebook, and that is Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. And we're looking at several cases here that represent over 40 million victims. One of these uh, cases is headline, and by the way, you can see many of these cases on my Facebook page. This headline, Maryland man sentenced to one year in prison. One year one year, forgive me while I puke, one year in prison for producing and possessing more than one million images of child pornography. One million images, one year. Where is the justice in this? It gets worse on another case I'm going to show you. This guy is Robert Carey, 52, of Bowie, Maryland. He was uh, working with with the government as a national oceanographic an atmospheric administrator since 1974. So what's that tell us? He's very, very stable, right? 25, 35 years as a government employee. He's, uh, I believe he's married. I, I can't remember on this one. But he's a regular guy. He lives amongst us. He operates amongst us. He's uh, very intelligent. He's got a high-paying job. Uh, regular people know him. And time and time again, when they these guys get arrested, everybody around them is going, oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine that that was going on. Well, this guy actually, you talk about addiction. Remember how we were talking about this earlier? That not only it's, you know, the technology is 
enabling these guys. You know, they're they're making huge libraries. They're storing them. It's with them all the time. So they can't get away from their addiction. It's literally in their pocket. It's on their desk. Well, in this case, he actually used government computers at his office and his home to access the child pornography. You talk about a dog chasing you all the time. How do you ever get free? I mean, here he is in a high-powered job, and he's using government equipment to to actually go in and, and put up pornography. It's amazing. You talk about addiction. The search showed they had over one million images of prepubescent girls. That's kids that are prior to uh, going through puberty. And girls in the early teens in erotic and sexually graphic poses contained in photo albums, DVD, CD-ROMs. He admitted to downloading child porn for more than 10 years at work. 10 years at work. Can you believe that? Many of the images were sexually explicit and included photographs taken at his office. Hello? This man is so far gone. He is violating people and taking pictures at his office. Now, that's not so totally unlike this. You know, remember, they're putting up film in bathrooms. They're, They're doing a variety of kind of things. The images included photographs between him and a minor. Well, he fled the U.S., and they... He ended up on John Walsh's America's Most Wanted. By the way, just a personal note, I miss America's Most Wanted on Fox because I very much appreciate CNN picking up the hunt, but it's not nearly as good. Somebody needs to give him a cash infusion. John Walsh has always been my hero. I thank the world of him, and we need to support him in a bigger way. Well, we are starting to close out here. I want to just give you one more case. This is a case here that was in the UK, and I think I'll pick up with it uh, next time. But um, it's really, really scary. This guy is named Roger Borton, and he got probation. He's not even given any prison time for this. He's the, the judge is going, well, he's married, and he's a father. Really? What kind of sexual image do you have growing up? If your father is a child pornographer, is there shame in the DNA? Do you inherit that? Do you feel that shame? We talked about that a little bit on last last week's program that, you know, what you do affects a lot of people around you. You think you're doing it in a vacuum, but you're not. And I just want you, this man has no understanding of what he's done to his own family and his wife. He admitted that he had looked at, at some for sexual gratification. He said he was more obsessed with collecting than viewing. So he's excusing this. And quite frankly, the judge is helping him. The judge is going, well, okay, so he had nearly a million images, but he didn't act out on it. Can you really convince me, no, <laughs> that you can collect a million images? And you just go, well, I just viewed them, so it wasn't like, I did anything really, really bad. Where in the heck is our society? Where's the judge on this? He said he started downloading adult porn and progressed to younger girls and it became an addiction. Some of the photos were children under age of 10. He said he had a traumatic childhood. Here we go again. You get that. And since he had sought help since he was arrested, didn't didn't occur to him to seek out help before he was arrested. And think about the psychological impact of this whole thing with his family. 
Well, this has been a very tough show, and we're coming to the end. I want you to think about something and pray about something with me. First of all, I hope you'll buy my book, Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It talks about how kids get lured into this. You can get that at meandkids.org. But start to educate yourself. Share this show with others, if you would. You know, all these archive shows are at exploitedcrimes.com, or you can get them at meandkids.org. Go into all the archive shows and listen to them. Download them on your iPad or your iPod or get them in iTunes. I'm going to ask you to come along. It's not enough to understand this. This is something that we need a global army of dedicated people who are tough enough to take this on. I'm going to tell you, this is not for wusses. If this just makes you where you can't function, fine, look at Sextortion or other archive shows. But I need warriors. I need ex-law enforcement. I need retired law enforcement. I need retired military um, intelligence officers. I need, I need missionaries around the world. If you're a missionary in a foreign country, reach out to me at Opal at Me and Kids. We are going to build an army, a global army of people to take this on. Well, this is Opal Singleton and Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Thank you for joining us. Please share this with everybody, and we will see you next week. You have a great week. Blessings and prayers for you all. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.